The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. You are now listening to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, health heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here with another exciting episode of the Health Hero Show. Today in the house, I have Dan and Ashley Claxton. And boy, do we have a a really exciting show for you, especially for those parents out there that are dealing with children with autism. This um, has been something near and dear to my heart. In 2011, I, I learned about how in like 1980, only one out of 10,000 children were diagnosed with autism, only one out of 10,000. And by the time 2011 rolled around, when I heard about it, it was something like one out of 80 kids. And then projected within the next, by the year 2040, 2050, that it would be one out of every two children born would have autism. So what does that mean? That means that in the near future, you either will have autism or you're going to be taking care of somebody with autism. And that is that that, that is going to basically shut down our communities, right? And it really affects males more than it does females. So, and I don't know what the statistics are right now, but I think it's like one out of 28 or something or one out of 50. It's, it's not good uh, depending on what statistics you look at, but one out of 50 children being born with autism. I mean, this is crazy. So we, we're going to go through Dan and Ashley's story. And I want you to stay around to the end because there is a silver lining to this story and their son is doing very well right now. And, and this is an episode that really needs to be shared um, around as much as you possibly can keep it bookmarked and, sh- and just always have it there because there's a lot of parents out there that are in the same situation that, um, that Dan and Ashley were, and they're looking for any help that they can get. And they might just be stuck in the quagmire, lost in the muck of the Western medical system. And they just don't know what to do or who to turn to. And they're just not getting the help they need. So guys, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, we appreciate it, Tim. Yeah, it's really awesome. So Dan, you, um, uh, you're a police officer, Ashley, you're a hairstylist, just kind of like myself, we're working class people. We just, we talked about that before. So why don't you guys just tell us a little bit about your backstory, kind of what you do, and then, and then, you know, the birth of your son and then how that was going along the first year and a half. And then tell us the, tell us about the incident and then what's happened since. Uh, yeah. So I'm a graduate of Oregon state university, um, spent most of my life here in Oregon, um, just kind of rural upbringing, nothing special. Um, and in 2007 ish, uh, started dating my wife and uh, we got married in 2010 so like i said i'm 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 nothing special i'm i worked blue collar jobs my whole life um just with a little bit of a little bit of education and and that's it i'm just a regular kind of everyday person so that's basically it for my background what about you ashley um pretty much similar i grew up in oregon my whole life small town you know hard-working parents I've been a hairstylist for, gosh, what, 14 years now. And so I've just, you know, been doing that, working hard and taking care of my kids. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So when was your son born? 
He was born in 2015. Okay. And how was, was the pregnancy normal pregnancy? Everything was fine? Uh, no, he was my first pregnancy with my older son was really easy. And when I got pregnant with my second son, I was actually very sick and anemic. And I actually had tachycardia. I had quite a few things going on that just, yeah, it was not an easy pregnancy, but I mean, they didn't think, seem to think much of it in the medical field of, you know, just, they didn't do much. <laughs> right. But so you had, you had the child and was he born, he's healthy. Yes. Yeah, so when he was born, he was totally healthy. I mean, no complications there, you know, and he was thriving as he was, he, he was a little bit more difficult of a baby, just colicky and fussy and, you know, had more reflux issues, I would say, but I mean, he was developing at a normal rate. He was hitting all the, you know, we do the well baby checks and he was hitting all the benchmarks and doctors were happy with his progress. Um, everything seemed pretty, pretty much normal um, up until shoot, was it about 18 months, about a year and a half. Um, and, you know, throughout the whole process on each baby check, it was, it was, um, you know, they're obviously promoting shots and vaccines. Um, I grew up, I was unvaccinated my entire life up until um, I started work. And then I, you know, kind of begrudgingly got some vaccines just because you kind of get you know, a little bit pressured, a little bit mm -hmm. scared, you know, not tricked, but they basically lay out all the reasons why you should. And it's just kind of like, okay, that makes sense. Um, so I, I didn't have a background with vaccines and it kind of shocked us when we had our first child, how many vaccines they were actually pushing on these well baby visits. And we kind of took the stance of not necessarily going along with their schedule. We, we tried to string out vaccines as, as few and far between. Um, you know, I know recently you, get, you did a podcast with a pediatrician up in Portland that has his own protocol for vaccines. And we took a, a similar approach um, because we were just uncomfortable with the total volume that they were trying to push on us. So with uh, Grant, you know, he was very, the vaccines were very limited and they were very strung out. Um, and on his well visit, when he was about a year and a half, that's when we, uh, the, the doctor was promoting and pushing the MMR vaccine uh, in addition to others. I think there was like maybe five during that set that they were trying to give our child at one time. And we kind of discussed it back and forth and, you know, trusting our doctor, we thought, well, you know, this is probably a good thing, you know, um, but we were real hesitant to get it. We actually waited six months longer than you're supposed to. You're supposed to give it at a yeah. year. And I waited six months and I spread them out to where it was just a single vaccine at a time. So that way, if there was a reaction, I would at least know what it was. And I mean, I was still even hesitant to do it then. But if I felt so pressured by them that he was going to have all these issues if I didn't do it. So that's kind of how we ended up in that boat. Yeah. So we got during that year and a half well visit, that's when we got the single MMR vaccine. Um, and then it was about two days. There was really no reaction. No. Well, no, he wasn't with me when he actually got the vaccine. So I was with my um, other son and he actually screamed the entire way home. And then when we got home, it took hours before I could even calm him down. Like he was, he was very upset and very kind of off. And then it was within the next day or two that he literally just like, he went into himself. He stopped looking at you. He started hiding behind the couch. He was at the age where he was starting to kind of like, I mean, he wasn't speaking yet, but he was, he was humming, he had eye contact, he was clapping, he was crawling. And I mean, he just regressed 
in two days what he had done in probably six months. Okay, so, so you got the, got the MMR vaccine, and then that's when you started seeing the changes, the re regression, yes. right? Yes. Yeah, and I mean, what, the, what was going through your mind when you started seeing this? Where you're like, oh shit, like yes, I was pissed actually because I did not <clears> want to get it. I, I felt like I they had tricked me, and I was actually really angry because I. I felt that in it's that gut instinct that you have as a parent and you know, you're like, I shouldn't be doing this, but somehow they convince you to do it. So I was pretty angry. And I mean, I obviously, cause I'm his mother, I saw all these changes. I mean, I instantly knew something was wrong. Mm -hmm. So what and happened it, from, what happened from there guys after the, the two days? Oh gosh, let's see. <laughs> we went from a sweet child to a kid that would bash his head in, into the floor when he would get upset. I mean, you couldn't get to him fast enough because he would, and he had no concept of pain. So you were constantly trying to protect him from himself. He would scream bloody murder. He wouldn't sleep. I mean, <clears throat> we would get two to four hours of sleep yeah. average at night. And I mean, it just, it turned our whole household upside down. Yeah. And when, and when she says scream, it's, we're talking hours at a time. Um, just uncontrollable outbursts for no reason, for no apparent reason. It would be one minute we would be just doing, you know, an activity with the older older son, or we would, you know, be holding him, and it would be like a light switch would flip, and he would start screaming. Um, he would thrash violently. Um, it seemed like his outlet was hitting his head on things, the wall, the floor. Uh, it could be concrete. Didn't matter. Um, it in it would be nonstop. I would, I would have to physically hold him. Um, so that way he wouldn't hurt himself. And even when I was holding him and wrapping him up, he would still like, he would smash the back of his head against me. Um, and this would go on for hours. So until he would finally calm down. Um, and then he was always kind of a light sleeper in general. I don't sleep a ton. Um, and he kind of, I think picked that up from me, but he would, wake up randomly throughout the night we're talking like two o'clock in the morning um and then he would be up uh so his his concept of sleep cycles changed um he would only maybe sleep for an hour or two at a time and he would we would wake up to him hitting his head on the wall or out of his bed and hitting his head on the ground um so yeah it was a constant state of stress for years and that's that would go on like that for it went on like that for years and okay, the concept so, of go, go ahead so so he's like having super emotional outbursts for from one and a half years now until about four well we started doing stuff probably slowly up into that so he yeah. progressively started getting better the more things we started doing for yeah him, so, okay so let's go let's go back and talk about like this is happening. You go back to the doctors. What your what was your conversations like, and what did they tell you? The doctor pretty much just told us he has autism, like that kind of almost like a deal with it. This is what you've got. This is there was no like even option of like what to do. It was just well, he could be on the spectrum for autism, and he might have a speech disorder. Like that was literally all they okay. gave me. And so after that, I just went home and said, pretty much screw them. I'm going to figure this out myself, and I just started researching and asking people and just that's kind of how we just decided to take into our own hands because they didn't seem to really be willing to do anything it was just like this that's what it is yeah it was kind of a well that sucks approach um and so 
we realized that we weren't going to get any help from our general practitioner doctor. So we started um, doing research into alternative therapies, um, homeopathy. Um, we started doing some chiropractic with them. Um, and we, we looked for supplementation. And so it, it's, it's one of those where we realized we weren't going to get any help um, from the standard Western medical field. So mm -hmm. we, we, either, we looked at it in terms of, well, we're not going to get any help over here and the situation's never going to get better. And, and that, that was unacceptable to us. Um, we, we didn't believe that that was the only course of action. Do, do you guys believe that it was something else or do you think it was the vaccine that caused the autism? I definitely think that it was the vaccine. I mean, I personally, from what I've researched, I think it just depends on the kid if they are, you know, someone that's set up to have a reaction to that or somebody who naturally doesn't detox things like normal people do. And I think that just triggered it. Okay. So now you're really probably really pissed. Um, what was it like in the home life for like your other son? What was it? What, what happened? Well, he was, he's three years older. So he started having anxiety. He, you know, would cry. He didn't want to try to take him places because he knew what would happen. So, I mean, it really affected him. And I mean, he was so young that, yeah, he went from just the easiest going happiest kid to just anxious and just a mess. Yeah. Knowing, so the, we knowing were, his brother could just explode at any moment. Yes. Oh yeah. We, we got the point where, I mean, I, I was prior to the MMR vaccine. I mean, I've got pictures and videos on my phone, taking kids, taking my boys to sportsmen's and having a good time and doing family activities outside the home. And then once those emotional violent outbursts started happening, we couldn't take them places because you didn't know when it was going to happen. Um, you could be having a great time in the, uh, at some activity in this full blown, um, just crazy emotional outburst would go and it would like I said it would go for hours so you you would you'd have to go home you'd have to stop whatever activity is fight him into a car seat and then drive home with him just screaming and bashing his head into his car seat um so you know basically that that just that ruined <laughs> we've been doing for years yeah, pretty much it ruined activities where um you know our, our oldest boy he he refused to go anywhere because and he would it would it would cause him to immediately burst into tears at the thought of having to go take grant somewhere because mm -hmm. it was that much of an emotional situation that it, it was it was horrific it was terrible so yeah. so you know a lot of um um autistic parents over 70 percent of them end up in divorce was what was the strain like on your guys's relationship it wasn't easy, but I, I feel like it was a survival mode. It was like, I mean, it was bad enough. The two of us, I can't imagine doing it alone, actually. So, I mean, it, was, it wasn't easy. We call it the dark period of our life. Yeah. Well, it, it was one of those where fortunately we were on the same page with basically our lifestyle, our beliefs. Um, you know, it wasn't like I was saying, hey, let's vaccinate and go this route medically. And she was saying, let's not, and let's go this route. So we, we worked together, um, which that was very helpful. Um, we were on the same page about all of our decisions and we mm -hmm. talked about our decisions. Um, but you know, with, with my job at that time, I was working nights. So it was very stressful having that 
that sort of a, a work schedule on top of dealing with our home life. Um, but the only way we got through it is, I mean, we, we worked as a team, but we realized that the only way for us to get out of this situation is to work together and be together. So, mm -hmm. so I'm assuming you guys, I mean, having an autistic child, what was it like on your stress levels and how do you think that affected your guys' personal health? Well, I have anxiety naturally. So it was, it was pretty intense. It was pretty hard. I mean, it definitely was one of those where I felt like it was, it was taking a toll on us and it just, you get to the point where you're like, you have to do something because you're like, we're not going to make it if we don't. Yeah. 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 What, about, what about you, Dan? How, how did you think it affected your health? Uh, well, it, it affected my health negatively. You know, um, I'm not a real big emotions person. I think my only emotions are uh, hunger and, uh, <laughs> and that's, you know, so it's, it's one of those where um, it didn't have that big of an effect emotionally on me, but physically I could see it. Um, I was gaining weight. Um, you know, I, since, since we've kind of got grants squared back away, uh, I think I've dropped about 25 pounds, um, yeah. since we've kind of got our lifestyle back in gear. Um, but yeah, I was, I was retaining weight. I was just, I was just kind of a mess physically when I've always been an athlete, I've always been into working out. Um, but you could tell, like, I've always been pretty in tune with my body and I knew that was off no matter kind of what I did. So it definitely had a negative effect on me health wise, for sure. Okay, cool. Well, guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I want to start getting into like what you guys started discovering like on your own and some of these things that you started implementing that started to turn Grant's autism around. We'll be right back. The average person today is carrying around 6 to 12 pounds of impacted fecal material and mucoid plaque in the small and large intestine. That's gross, but worse, it's super unhealthy. That is why we created Gut Detox Formula. This ancient 1,000-year-old formula from India gently micro-cleanses the intestines, removing all of that funk and gunk and junk that is destroying your health while leaving your good bacteria behind, which is part of your immune system. The best part? It is super gentle, and there is no diarrhea like most gut detox products, and it's made with the same chemical-free body promise, no stimulants, 100% nature, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back with Dan and Lisa Claxton, and we are discussing a parent's journey from healthy child to autistic child. And now we're going to talk about what they did to bring their child back off the spectrum and get his um, and get him talking again and stop bashing his head and everything and, and get their family um, back in the right situation. So you guys can just be a, a loving family again and not have to deal with this tremendous um, stressor that you have with with an autistic child. So. All right. So you guys, you you know, you were just like probably staying up a lot at night, all these emotional outbursts. It was also stressing out your other son tremendously. You guys had kind of got to your wits end. And like Ashley said, she said like, like we just had to do something or we knew we weren't going to last. So what, where, where did you guys start? How did you guys start looking? So the very first thing we started was we started putting him in therapy. So we started with like an occupational and a speech therapy Mm -hmm. And at the time, I guess we, we were one of like, what did they say? Um, they recently told me that 
Grant was one of their the most severe cases that they've ever seen, and that's you know that's a that's a, a a speech and OT that's really popular in the area that we live, and they've been in operation a long time. But yeah, apparently he was one of the more severe cases. And that didn't start out good. It took a very long time for it to get to the point where it was something he enjoyed and he was progressing. Yeah. And so after we did that, then we ended up going to a specialist up in Portland that is, he's a medical doctor, but he's also a naturopath. And so he specializes in kids with autism. So we took him up there, you know, to have him take a look at him and, you know, see at that point, I think we had already started him on, we'd started him on probiotics because I had been taking those for years. So we thought, well, you know, he's got a lot of stomach issues. Let's start him on that. And then I don't know how we got to the point where we decided to change his diet, just research on our own, I think. Yeah. So we started with the probiotics because we were doing a lot of research and finding the, 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 the gut brain connection. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we thought, let's, you know, what's, what's the worst that can happen? Um, that's kind of where we are at is we didn't know what to do, but we knew we needed to do something. So we, we started looking into the gut biome, um, and started there. So once we got him on a, a, a schedule of, of probiotics, that's when we started looking into the potential for food allergies. Um, and this is right about the same time we went um, to this um, autism specialist. And the, the specialist, basically his protocol in treating kids with autism is he doesn't treat the symptoms he looks for the root cause and that's what really interested mm -hmm. us that's in awesome. him and so his his philosophy on it is to go to the cellular level and um, get whatever cells that are not functioning properly get them functioning properly and he's really big on um, mitochondrial function and and shockingly enough now they're doing studies about that and finding that that you know there's a, a, a cellular issue shocking yeah. right Mm -hmm. So um, we started him, he had uh, various supplements that we tested and tried. We tried um, trace minerals, we tried uh, glutathione, we tried um, B12 injections. Um, so there, and there was, I mean, that's just a few, there was a, a whole, we tried kind of a shotgun approach, but it wasn't, it wasn't just taking them all at one time. No. It was like and implementing- and error to see what he did react good to mm -hmm. and what he had reacted negatively to. Yeah. And so, and that doctor also suggested we look into um, diet changes. So that's when we started. Um, we initially started with gluten-free and we noticed a little bit of change. Did you give him an allergy test for food sensitivities? No, we never gave him an allergy test. They mainly wanted us to remove it because of inflammation it causes. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of kids with, have, with autism have a very high inflammation. And so they wanted to reduce that, hoping to see, you know, some results from the inflammation going down. Because then we, we, then we started doing, um, after the gluten-free, we dairy added free. in dairy-free. Yeah. And I mean, we were starting mm. to see successes with that, but I'd say the biggest food trigger we saw, we took corn out and that's when the head banging stopped. It, it slowed. The head banging. Was, well, but I mean, compared to what it was, it came, it went down a lot. Yeah. So you're so, just talking about like taco shells and yeah, uh, yeah. Popcorn. Corn, but, but no, if you go to the grocery store, you would not believe the amount of corn, corn syrup. I mean, we started reading labels on everything yeah. because it really isn't a lot of things. Have you guys so, seen the documentary King Corn? No, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I should check it out. Like there's these couple college students and 
they were like researching stuff they're like what are we made of and so they pulled their hair samples and like they were basically made of corn <laughs> you know it's just like they're like what so they did a, an acre crop of corn and did all this stuff and then they went to iowa and they talked about it but it's crazy today because most of the corn is grown back in Iowa in these big monocrops, right? Mm -hmm. And what they did was, is in a Petri dish, they actually had to use E. coli to infuse these, um, these corns with uh, Roundup, basically glyphosate, the main herbicide in Roundup. So it'll kill all the plants. But then they just kept testing and testing it. And then all of a sudden, boom, they got one to take. And then that became now the Roundup ready corn. So what that means is, is that the, the Roundup or the glyphosate's in the corn itself as it's growing and then they can spray roundup over the whole crop kill every other piece of vegetation but it won't kill the corn now the problem with that is is that it's kind of like frankenstein laboratory stuff and toxic and and um but it's good for business because then they can harvest that the only problem is is like if we all sat down and tried to eat that corn like boil it in a pot of water and put some butter and salt and pepper on and eat it you can't even chew it it's like chewing on like iron you just you can't eat it it's so dense and it's weird right but they send those to processing plants and process them and that's how they make corn syrup and high fructose corn syrup and they put it in everything because it's a cheap sweetener and it's very addictive it's like crack cocaine basically now i don't know about you guys but i go back home to eastern oregon i don't watch a lot of tv anymore i don't watch the news because it's all a bunch of garbage but the um my mom and dad have the TVs going 24 seven. Okay. Just the way it is back then. And every time, every single time they have these commercials on and one of them pops on, it's this attorney firm. And they're like, if you've been exposed to glyphosate, the main ingredient in Roundup, you may be entitled to compensation if you develop lymphoma cancer. And it's like, it's like, you see this on TV. Attorneys are paying big money to run ads to get people to come in. Some dude down in California won like 400 million bucks or something because of his cancer directly linked to glyphosate. And guess what? Um, you can still buy it at Home Depot. You can still go get it and spray it on your lawn and get it on your shoes and track it in the house and get it in your kids. But it's in the food. It's like we don't realize it. So what foods did you guys start finding corn and stuff in? Oh, my gosh. Everything. everything. Anything that's in a box. At the grocery store, don't go through the middle aisles because I mean, we really had to start getting very creative with what we were buying and eating him. And, you know, a lot of the stuff, it was like, well, you know, if you go to a natural food store, you're doing a little bit better. You can find stuff, but it's still, it's a corn is in a lot of things. It's very challenging. Yeah. You have to basically go to almost a whole food diet um, and avoid anything that comes in prepackaged because yeah inevitably there's going to be some sort of corn in there, whether it be corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup, corn starch, uh, maltodextrins, a corn derivative. Um, mm -hmm. There's just, there's so much in it that if you don't read the labels, you know, if you look at the front of the package, it's, you know, healthy, it's natural, it's non-GMO, it's, but really basically if it comes in a package, there's some sort of processing that's going on and inevitably there's some sort of contaminant that's in there. So it, um, it's, it was a real struggle trying to get him onto a diet that is very, um, very inflammation free, right? Yeah. So we're having to go to different sources of milk. And I mean, I, I'm not a big milk person anyway, right? So you kind of look at it and you go, okay, well, let's look at the almond milks or the cashew milks or the oat milks or some sort of a, a, a milk alternative. And then, you know, a lot of times children with autism have, um, like textural issues or there's um, 
you know, there are some things that they just will refuse to eat. There's food sensitivities. Um, and so that was one of the biggest hurdles was trying to get him to have uh, a fairly balanced diet and remove some of these other processed foods. So can you guys like, what are some of the foods that you found that he liked, especially for the parents listening, this could be very helpful because, you know, we do this with our clients, we have to eliminate stuff, but then they have to have something to eat. Right. But the yeah, cool thing I mean, is, I think the hardest ones we got rid of was popcorn and goldfish, you know, stuff yeah. like that. So then we started finding we found a company that makes, you know, it's non-grain. There's no grains in it, which is really, really nice. Like root vegetable. Yes. Yeah. So it's based or like it's made from a different kind of, you know, flour or whatever, yeah. like not gluten. It's made from cassava flour or whatever. So yeah, we, we had to slowly and kids with autism, they like to eat the same things and they don't like when you like, I mean, it's, I understand when parents are like, all I feed my kids is, you know, chicken nuggets and this, because that's all the, so it is a very challenging thing with kids with autism, getting them to eat something, especially if it's been a habit that they've been eating for a long time with us. The only thing that really helped us was he was pretty young when we started. So I felt like that made it a little bit easier to Mm -hmm. kind of, but I mean, it was a challenge. And especially we've got an older kid who wants to eat things that the younger kid can't eat. So it became a thing that was, it was challenging getting one, you know, him eating the things that he should be eating and not him being tempted by other things. So you pretty much just had to remove everything out of the house. Yes, pretty much. Change, yeah. you, change, you, changed, you changed the environment is what you did. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. And that's, and, and so we look back on it now and it's one of those things, it's kind of that blessing in disguise because it forced us to change our diets. Mm-hmm. Um, and it forced us to change the diet of our oldest son too. So, you know, you can't have one, one kid in the house eating one thing and then the rest of us eating whatever we want because it creates that, that struggle. So in order to kind of maintain that, that positive, um, home life, where it's not this constant sort of conflict, um, you got to change what you do. And that's the thing is, is we have to kind of walk the walk is in addition to talking the talk too. So it forced us to make lifestyle changes. That's awesome. So you guys basically just started eating lower on the food chain, more whole foods, root vegetables, vegetables, fresh food. Um, did you guys ever get into sprouting? <laughs> yeah. I get made fun. She teases me about it, but yeah, I, I do sprouting. Um, you know, I enjoy it. My oldest son likes it. Um, it's, it's 50, 50 in our house, but yeah, Mm. we, I do, I do fresh sprouting. So So we'll just call you Sergeant Sprouts. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) That's cool. That's awesome. Well, sprouts are some of the best medicine on the planet. You know, they're 30 to 10 to 30 times more nutritious than fresh picked vegetables. So it's a great way, especially with winter coming right now. Um, for people that don't have access or people that just don't have access to fresh foods that to sprout in their home. Very simple to do. Always. We recommend starting with lentils and mung beans, the two easiest to sprout. They're ready in two and a half days. Great medicine. All right. So what are some of the meals that you guys are feeding your son now? Well, like I said, with a kid with autism, he likes to eat the same things, but like one thing he will always eat for us is bacon, eggs, and avocados. And it's like, well, at least we're getting like some food groups in there. So <laughs> The hardest thing with him is he doesn't love a ton of fruits and vegetables. So it's, you know, it's a lot of the same foods. I mean, it's very repetitive. And we've been told though by a lot of people that as they get older, I mean, he's, you know, slowly adding things in. He used to not be willing to try anything new at all. And I mean, that's mm-hmm. still even working through. So um, yeah, that's know, a, go ahead. 
coconut uh, coconut based yogurts. Um, like nuts. Nuts, MCT. I, we add in, we find little ways to do things. Like, you know, we started adding in um, the omega-3 fish oil, the cod liver, uh, yeah, like the, the cod liver oil. Um, and we found that, I mean, trying to give a, a you know, three-year-old cod liver oil, no chance. So we started slowly incorporating it into um, his coconut-based yogurt. Um, and so kind of over time, I was able to add that into where now it's, it's, that's the normal flavor of it now. Yeah. So, so just, you have to kind of get creative, um, in doing that. Yeah. And I'm hoping you guys are making sure because the fish oils and stuff, we tend to get people off of those and put them into things like red raspberry seed extract oils or flax oils, just because of the, um, there's a lot of heavy metals in fish mm-hmm. and, if, and you have to make sure that, cause that is actually one of the big problems with children with autism. They have a lot of heavy metals, most likely from the vaccines, the thimerosal, the mercuries, and the aluminums, these adjuncts that are put into the vaccines. So I want to talk about that too, because that's, um, I think you you just reached out to me. Um, uh, and and uh, I think, uh, yeah, we, we send out our weekly emails or something. You responded and you just, you started telling the story about your son. So why don't you tell him about like, what you learned about heavy metals and shots and then what that process was. Cause you were already a client of ours. You were, I think you were taking the green 85 juice formula stuff. Yeah. So I've been a client for a while. Um, I kind of, I came across you when I think it was after you did your podcast with Charlie um, on the, the macroaggressions podcast. And, and I, I've always been kind of looking for cleaner sources of supplementation. Um, and so I started researching your products and, got a few and, and really liked them, the, the, the green 85, the probiotics, the toxin detox. And so we started incorporating that into our diet. Um, and then, you know, I thought at some point, um, I think it was after one of Charlie's podcasts, um, there was a, I started looking into the inflammation issue with kids um, with autism. And I, I can't remember it the study specifically off the top of my head, but I know a researcher um, looked into and did brain scans of kids with autism and found that these kids with autism had um, inflamed um, systems, brain systems. So that kind of led me to believe, hey, you know, um, it might be an inflammation issue too, because we'd seen progress, um, a lot of progress. In, yeah, his, his behavior was better. The uh, violent outburst had almost stopped, but there was still a, a nonverbal component. Um, and even through his therapies, they kept saying, hey, yeah, it'll come, it'll come. So we were seeing progress, um, but he was still not talking. And it the was- frustration mm-hmm. level that he couldn't communicate to us. I mean, we, it got to the point where it's like, he got very creative figuring out what this kid wanted because he couldn't tell you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I think that's where we were at a point where the random- violent outbursts and emotional outbursts had kind of stopped but there was that communication piece where he would get frustrated because he would be trying to tell us something but obviously he can't talk um so so how many words how many words has he actually spoken so up until four and a half is when uh and we're i'll circle to that i'll get to that here but up until about four and a half he had said two things he had said ice cream one time and he had said elephant one time. So we knew that he was capable of language because that was another thing that they were the doctors or you know whoever we were talking to was theorizing that it's it's a speech disorder or he may not be able to talk. Um, so we knew he could formulate words and we knew cognitively he 
he knew what he was talking about in his own head. So there was a disconnect between his brain, his mouth and us. And so what that, that started leading me down this research process of, hey, what, what is that disconnect or what are the possible disconnects there? And that's what led me um, to research in the, the brain inflammation. And so I thought, okay, what's some natural ways where we can um, work on, work on more inflammation beyond just the diet. And that's where, you know, I'd find like apple pectin or all these single, single um, treatments. And I thought, no, you know, I, I thought, Hey, I, I use this toxin detox. Let me take a look at this. And so, you know, I've got that right here and I flipped around and I found all of these things kind of in one formula, right? So the apple pectin, uh, the camu camu, the turmeric, uh, milk thistle, red clover, garlic, um, and all these things were in kind of one source. And I had been taking it. And that's something that we talked about too, is we never had Grant use something that we didn't try ourselves. That was mm -hmm. really big for us is, is, you know, we're, we're kind of realizing this is like a guinea pig experiment. But if he was going to go through it, so were we. Well, he um, couldn't tell us if he was having adverse reactions. So we, everything we gave him, we tried to see if there was, you know, anything that could go wrong. Right, right, right. And so, so you, so you got, you guys, um, you basically did this research and you found out that heavy metals can be a huge problem and you wanted to help thought, well, probably got it from the vaccine. Well, yeah. how are we going to, how are we going to get it out? And you were, did your research, you came up with all these ingredients that, and then you you saw our toxin detox from it and realized it was all in there in one. Yeah, he he'd been taking it, and then I started taking it because I work with chemicals all day, being a hairstylist. So it's like oh, yeah. I I started taking it too, thinking, well, this would be good for me. Mm -hmm. So we thought, well, why don't we give it to him? So we would just put it in a protein shake or a drink, you know, because he can't do a capsule. So we would just bust it open and put it in there. We thought, well, let's just see what happens. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's, so let's mm -hmm. let's do this, guys. We'll take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to get into what happened to Grant as you guys put him on the toxin detox formula as um, the next thing that you were trying to help him get his speech back. We'll be right back. Turmeric has been used for thousands of years all across India and Southeast Asia and is one of the best anti-inflammatory compounds on earth. Now you can get these incredible benefits with the new chemical-free body turmeric 100 liquid drops. This ethically sourced breakthrough solution absorbs over 100 times better than regular turmeric products, eliminating the need to add black pepper. Turmeric 100 helps against inflammation and pain and is made with the same chemical-free body promise. No stimulants, 100% natural, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back with Dan and Ashley Claxton, and we're talking about their, their son, uh, Grant, who was growing up normal, got an MMR vaccine, stopped making eye contact, and then just regressed, became very uh, violent, and really was a, it was just a, a the, what you said, it was a dark time in your guys' lives. It was like, this was like three, almost three years that you guys had to deal with this. Yeah. Le less sleep than you were probably wanting, lots of stress. And it was also stressing out your older child tremendously. And he started developing anxiety. So you guys did some amazing things. Cause when I first talked to you, Dan, I was like, you were like, yeah, we got him off of, um, a, uh, a dairy and he started getting, or we put him on probiotics and he got better. And I was thinking, Oh, that's part of our autism protocol. And then boom, we got him off of dairy. I was like, that's part of it. We got him off of gluten. I'm like, that's part of the protocol. 
And, um, and I was just like, wow. And then you, then we, you said, Hey, we got him, um, on, I learned about heavy metals and then we put him on toxin detox. So for those listening, um, just so you guys know what toxin detox formula is, this was a formula that our, our formulator, it's kind of an interesting story. Dr. Treadway was friends with a VA doctor at, at the military and the soldiers were coming back from Afghanistan, Iraq, and Iran, and they were dying or basically dying of depleted uranium poisoning. So they put depleted uranium on the tank rounds and they blow shit up with that, right? And then the soldiers would be breathing that stuff in and sweeping the areas out. Now it's so bad that children over in those areas now are being born, they're developing thyroid cancers because of this depleted uranium that's so saturated. So the soldiers were coming back but the VA handcuffed the, this 30-year veteran medical doctor and wouldn't allow him to basically diagnose it or treat it. It was like it just didn't exist. And he was telling Dr. Treadway this just in a conversation, just saying, well, this is really sucks. I want to help these kids. And, you know, they've done so much for our country, but they won't let me or they'll take my license away. So I'm kind of stuck. And then Dr. Treadway, being the guy he is, he's like, let me see what I can do. So he put these two formulas together to help pull the heavy metals, the radiation, this pollution out of these soldiers. And so the doctor, and he said, hey, I got these two formulas, do this and do this. And then the medical doctor said, hey, look, I can't tell you what you have. I can't treat you. It's probably depleted uranium poisoning. I lose my license. Go see this guy and get these two formulas and do that. And they did it. And that's how that medical doctor was able to kind of skirt around the edges and help um, these soldiers. So when I learned about chemtrails, I don't know if you guys are familiar with those, but they're, um, you know, when when planes are flying overhead, they make condensation trails. That's when the moisture comes out. They're at high, high elevation. The moisture freezes and you see it refract and, and then it goes away pretty quickly. The chemtrails, the planes release them and they stay up there forever and they get bigger and bigger and they fall down to the earth. So uh, Dr. Uh, Richard Blaylock, I learned from him that these have a nano sized aluminum particles in them. And they're spraying us with them. So these things come down. And right now, you and I, all of us are breathing in these nano-sized aluminum particles. They go up our orifactory nerve into the brain and cause um, cognitive issues, dementia, Alzheimer's, these types of things, right? And my grandpa died of Alzheimer's and he was strong physically, but the last seven years, he didn't really, he was in and out, didn't know who he was. And it was horrible. Like you couldn't communicate with him or he did look at you and he didn't even know who you were. Yet you had all this emotional love and the bond with him. It was just, I, I can imagine you guys were going through the same thing. And I told Dr. Treadway, I said, look, I will never go through that. I don't want to go through that myself. And I'm never going to put my children through that. How the hell do I get this aluminum crap out of my body and heavy metals in general so that I don't fall apart and lose my brain? And he said, oh, I already have these two formulas you can take and da, 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 da. See, because I wanted to take it myself and bring it into the business and help other people with it. And I didn't have the money at the time to order two formulas. So I said, can you combine them into one? <laughs> and it took him about four to six months and he figured out a way to do it. So they'd work together. And that's where toxin detox formula was born. So you were already taking it being, um, being a cop and being around, you know, a lot of stuff. And as a hairstylist, um, you, um, Ashley definitely like <laughs> you're around a lot of toxic chemicals, right? So you guys were already taking it. So now you decided to give it to Grant. And uh, how, how'd you make that decision? And then what'd you do? What, and like, how much did you give him and what, what happened? Yeah. So it was kind of one of those where it was, it was really an easy decision to, once I realized that all of these things were in this single capsule, right. That I was already taking, it was really an easy decision to start them on it. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of, we looked at each other and thought, well, I mean, obviously we don't want to give him 
the, the suggested dose for an adult, which is three capsules. So I thought, you know, let's just start with one mm-hmm. and let's see what happens. So we would just bust a capsule open, put it in his drink. Um, he had no problem drinking it. So what was he drinking? Uh, it a couple different things, um, you know, whether it be like uh, an organic um, type apple juice or fruit juice, okay. um, he uh, mm-hmm. uh, smoothies that we would make him. Um, he was uh, he drank for the longest time. One of the only things we could get him to drink was a, uh, a plant based protein shake, mm. um, an organic plant based protein. Um, so we would put it in there. Um, so just kind of whatever he was drinking that morning, um, I would just slip it in first thing in the morning uh, with his probiotic. And he didn't notice. And it was, uh, it was, so we did that for about a month and it was right around that one month period where all of a sudden he started saying dad. Uh, I think that was one of the first things that, that when he, he said he, dad, what, what, what the hell went through your mind? It was, you almost think that you're hearing things like you have to get somebody else to come into the room and be like, did you hear him say that? Is that what he said? Because you needed that reassurance because you've waited so long to hear it that it doesn't seem real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, I, like I said, I'm not an emotional guy, but I, I get I get misty, right? I, I almost tear up just thinking back to that time because that's something that you, you wanted to hear for so long. And it's been four and a half years of, and three of those of just complete hell. I mean, it was, it was complete misery for three years where you're just trying things and, and, and doing is the best you can um, with little to no resources to guide you. Um, you know, there's some things out there, there's some advocacy groups, um, but from, from the medical standpoint, from the traditional Western medical standpoint, you, there's nothing there. It's, it's just your shit out of luck more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so when you go through all these struggles and these trials and tribulations and for it to culminate and your kid starts talking and he's starting to say data and he's starting yeah. to say mommy Bubba. and Bubba. Uh, and, and from there it was, it just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it started with one or two, then five, then 10, then all of a sudden, next thing you know, it's sentences. Then you find out apparently the kid could read. I mean, yeah. he's, five years old and he can read at a second to third grade reading level we never I mean we never we never went through and taught him how to read but it was it was one of those where we weren't sure if it was he was just memorizing the books that we were reading to him or um or or, you know so you or something that he he has heard and he's just recalling that um but once you once we started kind of testing it and his his speech and OT therapists were they came to the realization too. They're like, he can read like in, in, in what were the therapists doing in their minds when he Everyone starts wanted to know what we were doing. Even like we brought him to the dentist after he hadn't been there for three to six months. And they're like, what are you doing to this kid? Like what we need, want to know. Cause he, he was just progressively after we started doing all these things and unlocking it and then adding the, the toxins was just like the icing on the cake. Like he just, it like unlocked him. There was just this child like trapped inside. I mean, Mm. it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And, and like like he, he goes to a a dentist here in the town we live where it's uh, the dentist has a, an autistic son. And he, he asked me, he's like, what, what was the change? What did you guys do? And I told him about your product. And the next time I took him into the dentist, he said, oh yeah, I started him on it. You know, so it's just one of those things where it's been a very um, 
it's a, we have kind of a, a strange little community where people, you know, that there was a, a guy that I worked with that was on the, the canine team with me. He's got an autistic son and we would talk about um, kind of our shared issues. And, you know, Ashley's got some friends where their kids are a little bit where kind of you look at it and go, yeah, it could be, it might be. And, and we just, we shared our experience and we can't stop sharing it with anyone who will actually want to listen because it's, um, it's been so life-changing, not just for our life, but for Grant. I mean, he's by all accounts, um, he's a fully functioning. Yeah. He's thriving, thriving child. Um, how long did it take from him from, from, from when he started taking the product until he's fully functioning? Like sentences? Well, just, or fully just in general. Yeah, yeah I, just in general. I mean, it just, it's just like the longer you do it, the more you see, yeah, you know, so, it, it's not like you have just this one moment where it's, it's just, he just kept progressing and progressing and it just kept, you know, things just kept getting better. So it's like, you just continue to keep doing the things you're doing because you're just seeing it. You know, it's one of those things that they tell you, you can't cure autism, but it's like, I don't believe that considering what we've, you know, I think there's many things you can do to, I mean, I look at our son and it's like, I'm like, we should have wrote a book on that kid. I mean, it's just, it's wild where we started and where we are now. It's not the same kid. Yeah. And, and that kind of have, a, we've got a, a funny story about the whole can't cure autism. Um, we've been trying to get a full diagnosis through OHSU for him for the last two years. So um, by the time, and, and had this happened two years ago, the, I think we would have got a full different, a completely different experience, but I'll kind of tell this one real quick. Um, but basically, yeah, the, the, the Western medicine basically says you can't cure autism. There's nothing you can do, right? They don't even... They don't even know how it starts. They don't know what the trigger is. Um, there's basically just this huge lack of, of information that they're willing to share. And, but yet the cases are rapidly rising, right? So there's some, there's, there's information that's not being shared or whether that's intentionally or not intentionally, I don't know. It's not my place to know, but I just know what we were told is basically there's nothing you can do. So we finally get this evaluation done and this is, um, a couple of years in, in the making, right? So from the time we submitted our paperwork to the time we actually saw, took him up to, to OHSU and he saw a speech and occupational therapist. And then about a month later did a, a Zoom meeting with a, their, their pediatrician. So um, by this time, he's been, it was about six, eight months ago that we, we went up to OHSU. So he's, uh, wonderful up there for me like he he and he has a little bit of a little bit of uh break points where it's like he's kind of done doing something and he just he wants to go home so i mean but normal kids yeah yeah they get bored we go there we get an evaluation and we see the, the ot and speech therapist and she diagnosed him with a mixed receptive language disorder because um you know he's still still progressing. So there's, there's obviously some language issues there still, even though he's, he's talking and functioning. Um, there's, there's still some cognitive things I think we're working out. Um, and she gives a, a diagnosis of, of that in addition to um, the autism spectrum disorder. Fast forward about a month, um, we do a Zoom video with the, uh, the pediatrician and you know grants included in the video and and we talk about everything that we've done the protocols um and then during that assessment he says yeah you know i agree with their assessment of the autism spectrum and you know the the, the mixed receptive language disorder um 
right after that is when I talked to you the first time and kind of gave you my story and the, about the autism diagnosis. Well, fast forward a couple of weeks ago, we get a full clinical evaluation back from a pediatrician and in his clinical evaluation, he doesn't outright say, well, no, there's no autism. He says, uh, we need to see him again in about six months because we're, we're not sure of our diagnosis. So what he was saying is basically they're not comfortable giving him the autism diagnosis based on how well he's doing now. Because they don't want to say that anything's changed. That's our opinion. <laughs> but what, what my theory on that is, is, is they don't want to admit that you can cure this. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that's, that's kind of our takeaway is, is that he's doing so well now um, that they don't want to recognize him as being fully on the spectrum. So that to us is very encouraging. And that tells us that what we're doing is, is working for him. And that's pulling him out, out of, out of what he's got going on, it's pulling him out of autism. Yeah. And that's, that's super encouraging to us. Well, the cool thing too, is you guys, um, you know, you have rights, you, you can keep, you should keep a copy of your charts just to have them. So, so you yeah. have like, here's the diagnosis. This is what it was. Now you see it. Now you don't. Right. Yep. And then that could be, that could be, um, you know, posted online and that could be linked in an article or a book. I really think that you yeah. guys should write a book. I'd love to help you with that. Um, well, it's like, I'm just so, um, so happy for you guys. Um, you know, I've, I've worked with a lot of people with autism, autistic children. I was actually exposed to it even before I got into this industry, back when I didn't know anything about health. I, when I was a mortgage broker, this lady called me up and I don't know how I got connected with her, but she's like, yeah, I need to refinance my house. I just got divorced and, and my son's autistic and I'm a single mom. And, and she just, her credit was in the toilet. Um, they, she goes, I have to move because they had like vaulted ceilings and it created this big echo and it drove her son nuts. And, um, she was like 30 some years old. And when I saw her in person, guys, she looked like she was like 55. She looked 20 years older. Like it was just, it, she was run ragged in that place. So I, I remember that vividly in that experience with that woman. And I already knew that like, wow, this autism thing is really hard and end up in a divorce for these people. And, and, um, and how sad is that? Because two people that loved each other got together, had this wonderful, beautiful child. And then, you know, along the way, they go to a place they trust. And most likely what we're, you know, we're not, not, not really speculating too much. But I mean, I've, I've just been around it so much patterns emerge, right? Mm -hmm. It's it, the problem is that on a microscopic level, you can't see a lot of this stuff. And the testing and stuff is not really out there unless you go force it yourself and sometimes you have to get independent labs and stuff like that so like you guys did or find a doctor that kind of gets it you know maybe they had an autistic child and they figured it out usually that's what happens with doctors come out of the clouds when they have to deal with somebody that on their own in their own life and then they have to you know face that and it's and i always say that the doctors and the nurses are the the good boys and girls in this equation because they're just they're just in, you know, it's, it's the system that's broken. It's not them. They originally wanted to go to help people, but like, like you said, um, just, you just guys weren't getting a lot of help. So I'm really proud of you guys for taking matters into your own hands. And, um, and, you know, there's a lot more we can do. I, I talked to you about the saunas, right? The infrared <laughs> sauna. Did you guys get that yet? No, we're, that's... we're working, we're been yeah. researching those. And yeah. then we did forget to mention, uh, he does, 
a lot of kids with autism get overstimulated and CBD has been like huge for helping with that. Like if we know there's going to be somewhere we're going to take him, that's going to be overwhelming. Giving him that before we go has been really, really helpful. Yeah. yeah. It's also, it's also natural, um, anti-inflammatory, um, you know, so it's, 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 like I said, it's, it's been a process. I mean, and yeah. we didn't even talk about the changes. We made changes to right laundry soap, dish mm-hmm. soap, um, limiting perfumes in the house, um, any, any, kind of any kind of toxin and, you know, adding in salt lamps, um, air purifiers, uh, water purifier. I mean, there's so much, Nice, right? I mean, we could probably do three podcasts <laughs> with, with all the changes that we made, but it's just one of those where you have to, you know, as a parent, you have to realize that you're not going to get any help from the traditional medical system. They're a business. They're an industry built on people getting sick and then making money. And that's just, that's the long and short of it. And people have to realize that it's, it's, it's not that the medical system is being mean and trying to hurt you, but they're a business to make money, just like with vaccines. They make money off the vaccines that they give out. And the more vaccines they give out, the more money they make. So it all comes back down to money and the doctors might have really good intentions, but they're limited by the tools that they have, unless they're willing to break outside of that traditional medical system box, which well, is they, they're, they're stuck though. They're handcuffed because yeah. they have to follow standard of care written by big pharma. So if they don't do it, they take their license away yeah. mm-hmm. and they yeah. have, they monitor them. They're like, how come, you know, like, like the, um, the doctor up in, uh, uh, Portland that has that huge, uh, Paul, T- Paul Thomas. He's got yeah. this 10,000 patient pediatric clinic, 10,000 kids. It's one of the largest pediatric clinics in the United States. And he'd been doing it for 30 freaking years, 30 years. And they actually performed inf- informed consent, informed yeah. consent. They explained every vaccine, what's in them, what could possibly happen. After explaining it, 70% of the parents are like, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to vaccinate my child. But 30% still wanted to. And he says, okay. And they did it. He goes, we are here to serve you. We do what you want to do. And some people wanted to go hundred percent CDC guidelines. And some of them, after being informed, most of them didn't want to have anything to do with it, but he did that landmark study where they actually tested all these 10,000 kids and looked at them. Ones that were vaccinated, ones that weren't. And it was night and day. The ones that were not vaccinated were super healthy compared to the ones that were vaccinated. They were very sick very sick. So I'm calling them baby well visits. Another thing that happened, guys, I don't know if you remember this, but when COVID first happened, everything got shut down. You couldn't go in and see doctors. You couldn't go into your baby well visits. Well, one thing that we noticed in the trends was, is, is as soon as you couldn't go in and see your doctor, like infant and child mortality dropped considerably. And then as soon as they opened it back up and people could go into the baby well visits, the death rates, boom, shot back up. So yeah, it's like, I read that so there's so many of these things and you just start lining them up and you see this. And like I said, I like I'm on the pulse. Cause I'm talking to lots of people like you. I know you're real people. Why would you lie to me? Nobody knows your child better than you. You're with them 24 mm-hmm. seven, you know, their behaviors, you know, how they're acting, you know, what they're all about. You kind of, you know, what's going to happen if certain things happen, you've been around them. And then as soon an event happens, you get a vaccine and then things change. It's like, and they make you think like, no, you're crazy. Yeah. You know, but that's not the case. Well, and something that parents can very easily do regarding informed consent is when they go to their well visits, ask the doctor, ask the doctor, number one, how much they're making off each shot. Okay. Because they're going to make money. I guarantee the doctor will be hesitant to tell you if they actually make money off the shot. And then I'll also ask to see the vaccine insert. So you can see the side effects. 
or the ingredients. Um, and that's something that I guarantee you the doctors will say, oh, well, um, uh, they, they, they are obligated to give you that vaccine insert. You know, we recently had friends that were, that called me and said, hey, what, what should I do about this? And I said, just say, hey, I'm not comfortable giving them that shot yet, but I want the vaccine insert so I can do my research. And, you know, a couple months later, we we're talking with this family and you know what their answer was? Oh, we, we asked for the insert. He said he didn't have it, but he'll email it later. And he made it sound like a really big deal. Well, they're still waiting on that email. So that's something that you can very easily do. Is they get angry a lot of times too. What are you questioning yeah. me for? It's like, yeah, it's well, almost like you go buy a pickup truck and we're not going to show you the price tag. Payments are $800 a month, but let me check out the engine. Don't look under the hood. Don't worry about it. Trust me. It's 800 a month. You're good to go next. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, it's one of those where parents have to realize that they need to be the advocate for their kids. No one else is going to be. The doctor's not an advocate for your kids. The state's not an advocate for your kids. It's, it's you. you. You are the primary caregiver and you are the person that is responsible for that child. And ultimately that the decisions, the health decisions for that child are your responsibility. It's not, you can't outsource your, your parenting to a doctor and trust them because you know, when it comes down to it, the end of the day, you're the parent, you get to make the decision. Yeah. Um, and, and that's something you can't let the doctors take that away from you. So moving forward, um, just to be clear for people listening, are, are you guys planning on yourselves getting vaccines of any type or for your <laughs> children? No, no <laughs> uh, definitely not. Especially, I mean, we, when our, our older one got vaccinated, he came out with eczema, allergies, anxiety, and we didn't touch on him, but we started putting him on the detox stuff and his anxiety went down. Uh, I mean, tremendously. I mean, so what's it's your, like, what's we, your oldest son's name? Hank. And he's eight. But yeah, we started, we started doing some of the stuff, you know, we were like, we need to stop just focusing on one kid and focus on the other one too. Now that we've got this one under control. And so, I mean, we've been doing stuff for him and I mean, it's helped him a lot. Yeah. You know, have you guys got, have you guys, are you, are both of them taking the turmeric? Yeah, Yeah, we've got that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Good. That's awesome. You're going to see, you're going to see soon, probably in about eight months, we've, we found, found out something cool. We're going to add to the product, this turmeric product, is there it's so anti-inflammatory it's like 185 times more anti-inflammatory and absorbable than like any oral supplement you take through the gastrointestinal tract but we found a way to double it double the it's i mean it's already like there is nothing like it but we found a way to double the anti-inflammatory and that you'll see it probably in the next once we run out of this batch we'll do another one it's going to be a while but just drop on a little um i'm always trying to improve things yeah. right if i can i've tried to improve this multiple times added the d3 but in the greens, but, um, um, I tried to get gut detox. I wanted to make a change to it. And Dr. Treadway's kind of going, okay. And then he's like, you know what, Tim, like, look, this formula is thousands of years old. It works. Let's just leave it alone. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, so, but I'm always like, I want to like get better and have something. Cause I, it's like how we want to help people hack their lives and, and get the, you know, get the garbage out and get the chemicals out and the toxins, the heavy metals, the parasites, get all this crap out of the body and then, you know, start flooding the body with nutrition, good bacteria. And, and um, you guys are literally, the protocols that you put together in your house is exactly what we teach over here. Like you could have a business, you're doing exactly what I did with my own life. Like purify your air. We take 20,000 breaths a day. You purify your water. Our body's 75% water. I mean, you guys are just doing common sense things, but people don't think about, because you can't see the toxins. 
you're purifying your food, you're getting fresher food, right? Better food choices, finding things that work. And I really want to say for the parents listening out there that might have an autistic child, I know one of the biggest, hardest problems is that diet, getting those foods changed. But I want you to keep this in perspective. The average person today is only consuming about 14 meals over and over and over again. Think about it. What do you guys eat, right? It's the same stuff over and over. So yes, it's going to take some work. You might need a little bit of help, but once you get it figured out, it's going to be easy. And then as you start doing some of these things, um, like uh, the Claxtons have done here, you know, look at getting your child on some good probiotics. Um, we also think that uh, we, we also put the kids on the gut detox product and the toxin detox. Those are really important to, to clean because the, the, when you put the gut detox with the probiotics, it's like one plus one is 10 for gut health and brain health. That's how powerful it is because one's going to be gently cleaning as the other one's recolonizing the bacteria. And again, you could just modify the amount, right? Do one, one capsule for a little kid. Um, I'm not a doctor. We don't make claims. We don't do any of that stuff. We have our disclaimer at the beginning. You know, it's just because we have to, but um, no recommendations here, but you know, um, cleaning the gut, doing the probiotics, um, CBDs, huge. We didn't really talk on that a lot, but this is very important. That's also part of the protocols. We want to make sure that the, 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 the child um, um, is um, taking a very high quality CBD and that, that really does help with the anxiety and it just kind of settles down the nerves and, and, and it works on the gut, it just works on inflammation, it works on so many things. Um, making sure the child's getting good um, vitamins and minerals. Um, and then of course, avoiding gluten, dairy, and corn. Some, just some stuff right out of the gate. And then of course you guys are taking, like I said, the, the toxin detox product. You need something parents to really focus on getting these heavy metals out of the child that um, are in them just naturally from being in this polluted plant, but also that were, um, you know, some of those adjuncts that were in the, uh, in the vaccinations as well. So, so I'm really cool. That's really cool guys. Um, it's like, you guys have pretty much developed, I would say, you know, probably 70% of the protocol that we used, you guys figured that out on your own. So yeah. just like we did, like kudos to you. And you didn't have like, you didn't, you know, you haven't been at this for 11 years. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, you got to, you know, folks, parents got to realize that they got, um, you have to be creative and in, in looking for this source of information. Um, you know, the, the regular daytime TV shows are not going to tell you this information. The news channels aren't going to tell you this information. We found a lot of our information looking at alternative media sources, right? And podcasting was huge. Um, you have to get outside of the traditional box to find information um, because it, the big pharma controls so much and they don't want folks to know that their product is injuring thousands upon thousands of people a year. Um, go to VAERS. You know, we didn't touch on, on the, the vaccine, uh, what vaccine event, if, if adverse event reaction, um, system, I think is what it's called mm -hmm. the VAERS. Um, you know, look into that, do your research on that. And that'll tell you a lot that, you know, I guarantee about 95% of people don't even know what that is. Um, a lot and, of people don't know that in 1986, the Kennedy signed in the, uh, the vaccine act, basically saying you can't, you can't sue a vaccine manufacturer. How convenient is that? You know why that happened? Because the vaccine manufacturers were going out of business because they were getting sued. Yeah. And then they went to Reagan and basically said, Hey, look, 
you know, a few people are going to get hurt, but most people are going to lose all medicine. And this whole thing's going to collapse and it's going to be on you. You need to sign this bill. So that got thrown in with a bunch of, you know, how they take these big bills and they just sneak stuff, stuff in there. And, you know, these politicians now they will just pass it and we'll read it later. You know, thousands of pages. It's, it's, it's insanity. So, you know, we, the people have gotten lazy since the 1970s. We've been entertained and we've allowed, um, uh, basically a bunch of corrupt people to run our country because yep. we're not paying attention because we're busy, you know, being entertained. Or if you're an entrepreneur, you're, you're trying to work and build your business. Or if you're, or you're trying to, you know, build your family and just have some fun and go out on the weekends and you're a decent person. You don't think that bad people, people would do these kinds of things to people. So it's like, we have to wake up and just start, you know, doing our own research and, and saying no to a lot of this stuff basically is what it's boiling down to. Otherwise yeah, we're we, going to, we're going to be taken advantage of which we are, which we are. So, and if these vaccines are really safe, then why do they have a vaccine court that you have to go to? And every vaccine that's sold, there's a little chunk of money goes into this to pay out claims. And there's been over $4 billion in claims paid. So for them to say that they're safe, it doesn't even make sense to me. Again, it's just like selling a car. Imagine if you owned a dealership and every 10th car that you sold to somebody, they go down the road a block and the, the truck explodes and kills the family. You would, the dealership would be sued and they would go out of business. But thanks to our politicians, you can't sue them. So they have no recourse. And that's why actually, if we follow the money, like you were saying earlier, a lot of people are not aware, guys, that big pharma was burning down. Like single molecule drug manufacturers were going out of business. Pfizer is an example from 2011 to 2020 was down $22.4 billion. It's on the internet. You go look it up. All vaccine manufacturers, their research and development costs were up. Their profits were going down. They were running out of combinations and single molecule drugs. So how did they, how, how, they got to stay profitable. They got to, what are they going to do? They went into vaccines. They're growing at 17% a year. You can't sue them. And thanks to um, President Trump, he pushed Operation Warp Speed and shoved um, shoved all these vaccines. He basically bailed out Big Pharma, just like Obama bailed out the big banks. Yeah, and, I think it, is it Pfizer's profit this year was thirty three billion. Something yeah, like and it's it's so it's, it's, crazy. it's it's all it's all about money, and it's it's really frustrating because now what what you're going to see it, it's already starting to happen because I saw uh, somebody mentioned that there was a tweet out. Uh, Trump tweeted yesterday was that you you're going to see these people backpedaling you're going to see um this masterpiece of system science at work which is it's to to divide and conquer the public and now like on the on the right side the republican side you're going to start seeing a lot of them saying that you know we probably shouldn't get vaccines and Trump just came out and said that um if you've already had covid and you test for the antibodies then you don't need the vaccine right but we have him on tape saying, yeah, I, if it wasn't for me, you know, I pushed big pharma. They hate me. They really hate me because I forced them to run the test. They didn't hate him. They loved him because think about it with a single molecule drug. If let's say it's pancreatic cancer. This is how it works. If they get any results at all, then they patent that molecule. Then they have to start the testing, right? They start testing in, in the Petri dishes. Then they do animal testing and 80% of them fail because they just kill animals and maim them and destroy animals. Then it goes to phase one clinical trials, small batches of humans, phase two clinical trials, bigger batches of humans, and then finally phase three clinical trials. That process takes about $5 billion in about 13 years. 
So when they originally patent that, that molecule to try to sell something to help people with pancreatic cancer, they've got 20 year patent life. So if it takes them 5 billion in 13 years on average, they've only got seven years left to sell that sucker. And then boom, it goes away and then it becomes generic. And then the prices drop because they don't have, they can't corner the markets and everybody can make it, right? That's why hydroxychloroquine is so cheap because it's a generic drug. It's been around 68 plus years, right? So it's about money, okay? Single molecule drugs are running out of patents and they needed, they needed they're burning down. They needed something to save them. It's vaccines. I mean, think about it. When I was a kid, I got like three, four, five shots. Now kids by the age 18, it's like, what, 72? 120. 120? I think it's 120. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't even kept up on it. It shouldn't yeah. be even like no. 20, 20 is too much. You know, it's yeah. like, it's, it's stupid. It, it's insane, especially when you figure out what these, the, the adjuvant, adjuvants in there, um, they're just loading your kids full of heavy, heavy metals. I think no. aluminum is one of the more common adjuvants. And so, you know, you get into this repetitive cycle where if you have a, a child that has a reaction like our, our kid did, I mean, the first thing we did is decided, hey, we're, we're done with, with vaccines. And that is something that we've held true to. And that's something that we, I can potentially face due to my line of work here with the COVID vaccine. So we've already made a family decision that this is, this is our line in the sand. Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to do whatever we can to keep knowingly keep from knowingly harming our children so you have you know like grant he had the the reaction to the mmr and we know it's from that shot um the last thing we're going to do is allow more shots into his body and i think that's where a lot of these parents where they can't get their kids out of this is is they they keep trusting the doctors that keep pushing the shot so if you have a child that has an inflammatory response to a particular vaccine which could trigger autism, okay? And they keep giving them shot after shot after shot. They keep re-injecting their child with the poison that caused the problem in the first place. And that's something that, um, you know, it's 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 negligent or criminal. Um, did, you, did you guys get any advice from the medical community about boosting your immune system, boosting your son's immune system? They talk about sunshine and vitamin D and gut oh, microbiome. Yeah. yeah, vitamin D and the vital biome. He does both of those, actually. Are you, are you talking about the the naturopath slash MD? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We from our well, we'll we'll say our our, our Western medicine doctor <laughs> basically did nothing and suggested nothing and basically said, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, it was our from the specialist. Our, yeah. our we've had two different. Um, we've got a, a a a naturopath that we routinely see, and then the 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 naturopath that's the autism specialist that we see. It's about once a year now. They both recommended um, vitamin C, vitamin D3, Good. Good. Um, kind of the more natural source supplementation. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. It's like if I'm, you know, if if I'm at work and I get shot, yeah, take me to the ER, take me mm -hmm. to the Western medicine you bet. because it's trauma care medicine. That's that's who I want working on me. I don't want to go to a to to a naturopath to fix a bullet hole, right? Yeah, or give you a but, massage. But yeah, but for my for for my health what I want is I want that alternative source of medicine. And there's this huge stigma uh, that, that naturopaths don't know what they're doing or chiropractic doesn't work or acupuncture doesn't work. But there's a reason why those practices have been used for thousands of years in other parts of the, the world with great success. But here in America, the only thing that they want to push is the traditional Western medicine, which is pills, 
upon more pills, upon shots, upon more shots. And again, it gets back down to money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, guys, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day. Um, I look forward to meeting you guys in the future and meeting Hank and Grant. I think that'd be really cool. Um, I actually would like to maybe work together with you guys if you guys are inspired enough to help. It sounds like you're wanting to help other autistic uh, um, parents that were dealing with autistic children and stuff like that. I'd like to uh, maybe work with you guys and start, maybe we could do something and, and um, help you get your word out a little bit more and, and, and help them and maybe put these protocols and line them all up and, and share you some stuff that I've, I've learned too. So that'd be great. So, um, well, do you guys, either one of you have any um, parting words to the parents out there that might be dealing with this or contemplating getting vaccines or MMR shots or already dealing with autism? I would say the biggest thing is just to do your research and then people that are already struggling with it. It's like, you're not alone. I mean, you feel like you're on an Island when you're going through it, but it's like, you just need to find those people who've been through it and that, you know, have advice what can help and have seen success. And so it's like, just don't give up. I, I would say that's the biggest thing because you really do feel like you're never going to get out of it. Yeah. What about you, yeah. Dan? Anything? That's the thing is don't give up. I mean, there's things that you're going to try that won't work. Um, you may try 50 different things that don't work, but pretty soon you're going to hit that one thing that, that makes a slight change. And it's, it's a process. It's just like, it's just like your health, right? You, you never get healthy, then stop and then never have to work on it. It's, it's something that you constantly have to look at and evaluate and just start somewhere, start small, you know, start with getting, getting natural based toothpaste that don't have fluoride in it, right? Mm -hmm. Start there. Um, and then from there, look at your dish soap, right? Get rid of soap that has sodium lower sulfate or, or other sorts of chemicals, look for natural based things, start making these little things and little changes. And those little changes are eventually going to add up to, to big things in detoxing you and your child's um, life. And that's the thing. It's like, man, we're surrounded by toxins. We're surrounded by chemicals um, and just realize your body's going to hold on to those. And that's mm -hmm. the, the cleaner you can get your body, the better it's going to work and the better you can, you can heal. And that's, that's the only thing that I can say that's, that's helped us is we, we refuse to quit. You know, we refuse to accept that our child is going to have this diagnosis and, you know, we're going to have to care for him forever. And not that we wouldn't, but I refuse to accept that, that, that limitation was going to be put on my child. Mm -hmm. Well, I think you guys have done an outstanding job and uh, Grant's got some really good parents. And now he can tell you about it, which is awesome. That's so awesome. So thank you guys so much for coming on. And for those of you guys around the world listening in, we, we send our love. And um, I hope that you guys take this episode and you share it as much as possible. This, uh, it's, it's rampant right now with the explosion of autism. It just keeps ramping up more and more and more. And there's so many families dealing with it that are struggling emotionally, physically, and spiritually and they need some help. They need a plan. They need people to plug into like Dan and, and Ashley. And we just really appreciate you guys coming on again. So until next time, change yourself, change your world. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening again to the Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world. And we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon.
You have just listened to the Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs>